This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, it's Dr. Kate doing a podcast on my oldest child's birth story. So I have two kids and, um, Probably if I had my own way, I would have had a home birth or something like that. Although I am a little bit of a worst case scenario kind of a person. But um, with my daughter, I wanted to do a birth center um, birth experience. And um, I had done, I had started doing pediatric coursework in chiropractic and pre and postpartum before I got pregnant because I wanted to be well-versed in it. So it wasn't something that I specialized in prior to wanting to get pregnant. Um, but I wanted to, you know, know more about it for my own sake because they don't go into it a ton in school. It would be more something that you choose to specialize in afterwards. So there's lots of lots and lots and lots of continuing that out there. Um, on women's health, pelvic floor, um, prenatal, postpartum, pediatrics, that kind of thing. So prior to that, I did not treat babies unless it was muscle, muscle work with torticollis or something like that. And that would be when your neck is stuck in a certain direction. But prior to that, I did not treat babies because it is vastly different to treat an infant versus a an adult. Um, if you go to a chiropractor and they try to adjust your child that is young with like a standard cracking your neck type of adjustment, they're not probably well-versed in pediatric care. Um, I do not adjust. I definitely don't adjust infants that way. And I don't adjust kids that way usually until they are much, much older. Um, the pressure I use to adjust infants is like with a uh, pressure of a finger to that might bruise a tomato. So super light, super gentle. If you ever watch birth videos, it looks like a shiatsu, like a baby massage compared to, you know, getting yanked out of the birth canal or C-section. Um, super gentle, not dangerous in the least. Um, so, that's with the pediatric stuff I got into. And in that journey, I was really into, I taught yoga. I have always taught exercise classes and that's been something that I loved. And so I wanted to learn initially how to be able to work out while pregnant the right way without having all these crazy restrictions because I had a very, very active yoga practice with lots of arm balances and handstands and all those kind of things. Um, and it just didn't make sense to me, some of the rules. 
So that is how I found BirthFit. And BirthFit was started by a chiropractor. And um, they draw a lot from the principles of dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. And that is a rehab technique that's not just used by chiropractors. It's actually probably more used by physiotherapists. So that would be a term you would hear of in Europe because it's based out of Prague. Um, But when you're taking these courses, it's probably chiropractors, PTs, athletic trainers, that kind of thing. So there's a wide variety of um, professions that use DNS. So I, that was my first introduction. BirthFit was my first introduction to DNS and I loved it. I loved the concept behind it and it it just made a lot of sense. And they talk a ton about breath and breathing. And to me that tied in seamlessly with all the yoga that I've practiced forever and love to teach and do. So it just was really good for me. And they, BirthFit seems to gravitate more towards um, heavy lifting, CrossFit, that kind of thing. Nothing that I'm unfamiliar with. I actually used to do a lot of heavy free weights and lifting when I was in chiropractic school. Um, So I'm not unfamiliar with that. It's just, I feel like my, I've always loved to work out and it's kind of evolved over the years from like that grad school, heavy lifting figure competition type time of my life to teaching yoga, more body weight um, kind of exercises, prehab, rehab kind of, kind of keying into. So BirthFit kind of ties in with how can we still lift heavy and do all these things CrossFit wise uh, while pregnant safely and effectively. So that, that was a great intro to introduce me to DNS as a technique. And then I did um, more with DNS. So I took their, um, their other courses after I had my daughter. So after uh, taking BirthFit, I stayed way more active and did all like the baby DNS exercises while pregnant with her. And I wanted this more natural birth. And you can watch the other podcasts as to why I picked to not do an epidural and all those things. Um, But my main goal for having her was the least amount of recovery time after having her because I knew I was going to have to get right back into my office. I was going to be taking her with me to the office and I needed to be as active as possible safely. So I, my midwife that I use, who is a nurse midwife, um, had started her own birth center in Youngstown, Ohio. So not very far from where I live. And it was a gorgeous facility. My husband is like a doomsdayer. So he was not loving it. And he's like, we are going to have a baby. Where? What? I want to go to a hospital. I was like, well, it's not coming out of you. So you don't get to pick. But um, we went, we visited. He was uh, pleasantly surprised at all the precautions they took. And with a birth center, they have to be within so far from a hospital so that if something does happen, you get transferred really quickly. 
Um, and then we were at a regular OBGYN office that the nurse midwife worked at under an OBGYN. So we got to meet the OBGYN and, um, if anything had happened where I would have needed a C-section, she would have done the C-section for me. And if my daughter had been breached, she actually was willing to deliver breech babies, which is kind of unheard of in this area. So she was a cool older lady. Um, and I never in a million years, it was kind of like out of my head, like I am super active. I, at the time, I had an intern from my old chiropractic school in my office that had taken Webster technique, which is the pelvic balancing technique that helps keep your pelvis nice and aligned for the easiest labor and helps baby get head down and all of those things. So I was getting adjusted regularly. It was working out perfectly. And um, so I never thought, oh, I'm going to have to go to a hospital because I had an annoyingly easy pregnancy, I'm sure, to all my patients that, that were in my office for pain and all sorts of terrible symptoms of pregnancy. And I really, I never even got to that uncomfortable point in pregnancy um, where you, I mean, I treat, my daughter was 12 days late and I treated patients up until the day before I went in, the day I went into labor, I was in the office treating patients. So um, I just never had any, any issues, but two weeks before her due date, we went in for our normal appointment and we're sitting there and she's like, I have bad news. And we're like, Oh God, what, what does that mean? Um, the birth center was going to be closed closing because they weren't sure if the maternity ward was going to remain open at the hospital that was closed. So they couldn't renew their lease because they didn't know if they would have a hospital to keep them within regulations. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go to a hospital. I would rather light myself on fire. But, um, they gave me the option to still deliver with the midwife that I had been seeing this whole time, who I really liked at the hospital, one of two hospitals that she had privileges at or they offered to transfer all my records to Pittsburgh to the midwife center down there. Um, now my daughter is born in December and it's a good thing we didn't transfer because the day I went into labor, it was a blizzard. So Pittsburgh was a little further. Um, so we went and toured the hospitals and I knew ahead of time from asking the midwife, um, some of the rules and regulations before both hospitals. So we went and looked at this new fancy hospital and my husband's like, this is great. Look at this, you know, all these amenities, like bigger bed for him to sleep in or whatever, you know? And then we went to the other hospital, which is in a not great section of town and it's old and uh, aesthetically not super pleasing. And I was like, this is it. This is the one we're coming to because they had way less restrictions that um, less, I didn't have to wear the, um, I could do intermittent fetal monitoring. I, there were a few things that they were pretty strict on in the fancy hospital that they would bend on at the 
at the not so fancy hospital. So that is where we decided on two weeks before she was due. And I think with the anxiety I had from that switch at the end might have made her even later than she might have been because I did not want, I had this picture perfect birth in mind that we were going to have this beautiful birth center birth, which is, you know, they have the tubs and the rebozo slings and the, the um, squatting straps and all of these different things that you can use a nice king size bed for you to labor in or sleep in once you've delivered all these things. And we were going to end up in a hospital with an IV and all that jazz. And I was not thrilled, but we finally, I finally compromised and I, just by chance, when I got that news, I went to a yoga class in Grove City and they, the teacher knew what happened and she said, good thoughts for Kate. She had to change her birth plan at the last minute. And the woman beside me says, I'm a midwife and she's a lay midwife. And she was the sweetest, is the sweetest person ever. And she said, I don't usually do this, but she offered to come to my house and help me labor um, and then send me to the hospital when it was actually time to deliver. Because my fear was as a first time mom, never having gone into labor, I was going to go early. They were going to keep me and they were going to force me to do Pitocin and then I wasn't going to be able to handle the con- intensity of the contractions because sometimes that can happen. And then I was going to need an epidural and A, B, and C. And it was going to be this exactly what I didn't want to happen. So she offered to labor with me at home. She was a godsend. And I finally went into what I thought might be labor on a Wednesday night at 11 at night after going and play basketball, playing basketball with my husband at the Y, which I hate, but one of my patients said that's how they went into labor. And I was like, I have tried it all by now. I will do it. So I went into what I thought might be labor on Wednesday night. I didn't even wake up my husband. I was like, these don't hurt. So I don't know if these are contractions because they seem not very intense. And then I took a whirlpool bath and I was like, no, this, I don't think this is it. Cause it doesn't hurt very much. And the, I texted the lay midwife. She came over and she's like, Oh no, you are, you are in labor. And she came over three times that day. She finally at 6 PM was like, okay, you're, you're seven centimeters. I think you should go to the hospital. Now my husband was, relieved because he thought we were like trying to play a trick on him and trick him into having a home birth. (laughs) And we finally get to the hospital. And of course, labor slows because you're changing your scenery or whatever. um, Because sometimes that can happen. And we go in and they don't want to call my nurse midwife right away because they want to make sure that I'm in labor. And I explained to them that I had a lay midwife to the house multiple times that day. I am in labor. Um, but, you know, they had to check for themselves. 
And I don't know if it was because I wasn't like writhing in pain that they were like, this girl's full of it. But um, the nurse that I got was not a, not a normal OB nurse. So she even said, I'm just here filling in. So she couldn't find the right fetal monitor. So she had to fix me up to hook me up to the one that doesn't move around. And then she couldn't find the vein, a good vein in my hand, which is crazy because I've got good ones, but blew up my one hand. So it looked like I had a softball on the back of my hand. Finally, my nurse midwife came and she got me a different nurse, found the right monitor. And I was so thankful to see her because I was like, oh my God, I think my husband actually had regrets at that moment. He was like, oh, this is everything she didn't want. She's going to kill me. We should have just had a <laughs> birth. Um, but it all worked out once the nurse my wife got there. And then I labored from probably seven until... 2 a.m. and I had read all the Ina May Gaskin book stuff. Um, and if you don't know who Ina May is, she is a midwife rock star. And I give that book to lots of people that are um, about to give birth because I think it's so important to read all the different types of birth stories because they're all going to be so vastly different. And even yours from one kid to the next is going to be very different. So it's good to see that all these different births are still normal and are still physiologically normal and to not be scared that yours isn't normal. So from all the continuing ed and the research that I had done, I knew that I wasn't supposed to push until I couldn't hold back anymore. and. I think because it was taking so long, um, they kept asking me if I had to push. It was making me very anxious that, like, I thought I had this, like, in my mind, right, that I wasn't supposed to push until I couldn't anymore, but they keep asking me, so is there something wrong that someone's not telling me? Um, but it was, it was fine, and I actually... Um, my instinct was to be on all fours, but the hospital bed was hard to get traction on and hard to like brace yourself on. So I went to get on the ground and the nurse midwife was like, Oh my God, don't get on the ground here. It's filthy. I was like, why is this hospital not sterilized? But I ended up delivering with one foot on the ground and one knee up on the bed and both hands bracing onto the bed. So that, I think that that's one thing with an epidural um, is that you can't move around. And for me, I had been moving around. I'd been on a ball all day. I had been, you know, in a rock, pelvic rocking, all fours kind of position throughout the day. Um, I did some squatting, all those things. And your pelvis is this ring, this circle, and it shifts like this. So as the baby's coming out, it doesn't just come out straight. It makes some turns to come out. So sometimes the missing key is being able to get one leg up so that the pelvis shifts slightly to give the baby some room to navigate those turns. 
Um, so that's how I actually felt most comfortable giving birth with one knee up so that my pelvis was shifted slightly. Um, and you know, sometimes if you have done any like research into that kind of stuff, you know, your pelvis has an in hole and an out hole. So the inlet at the top opens up more when you are in a deep squat. So like if you're trying to engage the baby with going down, you do that deep squat to open up the opening hole. And then in that middle part, you can do the shifting side to side of the pelvis, like with that asymmetrical lunge or one knee up on the bed kind of a thing. That helps with that middle stage. And for the end stage, you can almost internally rotate your legs a little. So knock knee a bit, and that opens up the out hole where the baby's coming out. Um, another thing to think about is that if you're lying on your back and it's scooping your tailbone up, it's not giving your baby all that room to come out. Um, so for delivering my daughter, I was in that position and I was actually able to reach down and assist bring her out. And it was, it was, I think the best hospital experience I could have asked for minus the first nurse. Um, it it wasn't the home birth experience, but it was it was easier than I thought it was going to be because I was really concerned that choosing to go the non-medicated and non-epidural route that I wouldn't be able to do it. I kept having to tell myself, you know, you're stronger than this. You're built for this. Your mom did it this way. My grandmas both did it this way. I can do it this way, too. Um, so my takeaway from it was that it was much better than I thought it was going to be. My husband's takeaway from it was, oh my God, that was intense. Even though he was a spectator, but (laughs) that sometimes happens. Um, but yeah, that was my, my hospital go around with it. And I'm sure it's probably a little different for every person, depending on the provider that you have. I'm not sure about the rules in every state, but I'm pretty sure in Ohio what they had said and when I entered the hospital was that once you hit a certain level of dilation, you're if you're using a nurse midwife, they have to be in there with you. So really, I was never without her. She was in the room the whole time um, to answer any questions or I don't like chatting when I'm enduring pain if I could have like gone into a field had the baby and brought it back with me I would have preferred to do it that way my husband's lucky I let him I don't like to suffer in it with an audience I like to suffer in silence but um it was nice and reassuring to have her there at all times and you know you're the nurses know the kind they're familiar with her because she delivers there regularly and they knew if you're one of her patients that you're probably going to want it done this way and to, they don't you know they didn't question anything they didn't mind that um drinking or eating or anything like that uh, i think that the fancy hospital have rules on that um as well 
but yeah, so it was a good experience. My daughter was eight pounds, six ounces. She had a hundred percentile head, giant little dome. She came out absolutely perfect. And I had um, a grade one tear with her. And I think partially it was, it was from the anxiety of not, of being worried that it was that I was supposed to be pushing or that something was wrong and I wasn't feeling that urge to push. So I kind of forced it. And my only takeaway from that was that I was like, I needed to trust myself and know that I wasn't there yet. So with my second, that was my, one of my main goals was to trust my body and not push until I was ready to push, even if it seemed like it was a really long time. So that was my takeaway from my first birth going into the second, which is a good thing because he was a little bruiser coming out. But uh, so that was the birth story for Genevieve. And if you have any questions or if you're, you know, waffling back and forth between medicated or unmedicated or hospital birth versus um, birth center birth, those are things that I can you know, give my two cents on since I've done both. Um, but yeah, let me know if you have any questions. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.